Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Craig and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories, the football podcast that gets under the shirt. In today's episode, I am joined by illustrator Dave Flanagan, who's worked for the likes of City, United, Liverpool, Juventus and Monaco. We also discuss his role in the BBC's iconic Euro 2020 opening credits, as Dave sheds light on his creative process and the reasons he decided to go freelance after 20 years at a design agency. Later, I asked Dave to pick out three of his favourite football shirts and tell me a little bit about what they mean to him. Growing up in Preston, Dave explains his strange passion for Liverpool, his family roots with Man City, and we finish on a modern classic as Dave explains the significance of the Juventus 2015-16 Scudetto winning home shirt has to him. Remember, you can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do like, follow, share, but above all, please do enjoy the podcast. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by illustrator Dave Flanagan. How are you doing, Dave? Hi, not so bad. So, mate, I just wanted to kind of, I mean, looking at your website and your portfolio, you've got an absolutely fantastic client list of work in football and kind of beyond football too. It's like elite level clubs in the UK and Europe. England national team, Nike, BBC, so many more. But I wanted to roll it back first and ask you how you got involved in illustration in the first place. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was taken way back. I've always been interested in art. It was just my thing, art and football. Um, so in school, that was what I was good at. Um, high school is what I was best at. Um, and then it was kind of like leaving school and sort of, talk to my parents about what what it is I was going to do and I said to my mother I'm going to do art and be an artist and she went no you're not there's no money in it you're not doing it and I said right and she, and then we just sort of discussed it and there was graphic design so I decided she, she said well people get money in design there's money in design and go into that and she was kind of one of these uh people that find people jobs so she so I thought she must know what she's talking about because that's what that's what her, her job is so I went into graphic design but I was really lucky because I did a like a BTEC course at Preston, um, which was a couple of years, but it did all sorts of different subjects. So it was like uh, painting, drawing, printmaking, everything you think of, as well as graphic design. So then we did a bit of Mac work. You do like, I used to do like two hours a, a week Mac work. I mean, you think about it now, it's like all your hours is Mac work. But um, yeah, of course. 
yeah so but it was really good so i got to i got to introduce to even to like live classes and things like that um and crazy it, it felt crazy to be doing graphic design and doing all that stuff but i absolutely loved it because it was all these different things and then when i finished most of my work i would say was the a lot of illustrated work on the wall so my final show it was graphic design but there's a lot of my illustrated work in there Okay. And that's what I enjoyed doing. And then I went to um, Bolton to do a, uh, an HND. Um, and then that course, that had a bit of different things, like a bit of life drawing and different things like that. And that's so I quite enjoyed that. Um, but it was heavier on the graphic design, which was fine. And I, and I passed the course and then I qualified and I left. And then um, then it's go and get a job sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I went, uh, applied to lots of places around where I live. So I live near Preston. So I was I was sending it to, um, my CVs out to Preston, different places. And I was just looking at one guy who had a design agency in Preston. Um, one of the references I'd put on that, I'd put on that done work experience at the Harris Gallery in Preston. He knew the guy that I'd done work experience with and he said, oh, come in for a chat. Oh, great. And then I went in for a chat. Um, and I don't think he was that impressed with my portfolio. <laughs> so it was like, oh, we'll give you a ring or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So, and another few interviews that hadn't gone that well. And then I was working actually for my um, my wife, my wife's um, dad, my father, my father-in-law, on a farm before we were married. And um, I got home one day and I was covered in mud and everything. I'd been working on this farm. I was so tired. And my dad just said, "Just ring them back and ask them if you can have a job." Yeah. So I rang them back. And when I rang them back, the design agency was in this like massive project and they were really under pressure and everything. And I said, look, I was just ringing it. If I've not got a job, that's fine. I'd just like to know, you know. And he went, we are mad busy. Can you come in? Come in work. Can wow. you come in and work? And I was like, yeah, of course I can. So I turned off. <laughs> I don't think he was going to give me the job, but it was just that busy. Wow. That I, um, yeah, I just turned up. And then that was it. I left after 20 years at that place. So really? it was, yeah, 20 years. So, wow. yeah, I started as, uh, at like... Um, I was, I was 19 or 20 or something like that, I think it was, and then left. But all the time I was working as a graphic designer, I loved the illustration part of it. And I, and I, and I found that you could start doing illustration with uh, using Illustrator and Photoshop and things like that. So that was what I wanted to do, but the job never lent itself fully to that. Um, so I developed and evolved in the job and I was quite good at it. And I built a team and I was working with the bigger clients. And then I got more into the management side of it. But then there was this just nagging thing that I needed to do something else. And I cut constantly doing things in the background at home, like got myself a Mac at home and I was doing bits and bobs of cards and all sorts of stuff. And just always trying to thinking I had to write a children's book and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> it was just okay. that. Um, and then I was, I was just one night I thought, cause I'm a city fan and, and I just thought I'm going to draw a picture of David Silver and, um, I just did this illustration of him and I threw it on what was uh, Flickr at the time. I don't know, no one will know Flickr. <laughs> um, but basically I threw it on Flickr and then I didn't think of it, put a few on there and did a few little bits and bobs. And I ended up working with a magazine. I thought, oh yeah, I work in this magazine and I got paid hardly anything, you know, and, and it, was, it was nothing. So I thought this isn't going anywhere. And then one day I just got an email just saying an agency that from Manchester that worked with Man City and they sent me illustration and would I uh, like to be to illustrate the whole squad? Wow. And I was like, I was went, and I thought they were taking the mick because it was the day before my birthday and stuff. And I thought my mates were winding me up something. <laughs> and it wasn't. And, that, and they basically commissioned me to illustrate the whole squad for this kids' promo thing they were doing. Yeah. And they actually got me to go to the ground 
um i asked if i could take my agent i took my dad <laughs> and i went to i went to the ground and, the, and he interviewed me in the ground as if it was like a player i was in the seats in the stand they interviewed me about the illustrations and right they had these videos you can still see on youtube now um and it's like the players um with the boards of the illustrations signed and signing them and saying how they liked them or if they didn't like them right and that was the time of like company and aguero and balotelli and you know all the you know the team that, that won the league basically That's that year big, yeah. and uh so then i thought well I've made it you know but i didn't do anything with it so i didn't get anything else from that and i didn't really particularly like the illustration style that i'd used okay as such so it wasn't like i was going to go and do more of that i'd just done that as a bit of an experiment and then i thought well i want to do more action-based stuff so i started doing players kicking the ball and things like that and then arsenal get in touch and then Arsenal asked, commissioned me to do all these different types of illustrations for different stuff. And I thought, oh, that's great. And then it just built from there. It was just a slow thing. And social media was the, the big player. As, as soon as you put something out there and people see it, yeah, you get more followers in that industry. And the more followers you get in that industry, the more stuff they see. And then the more emails I got. And then it just got silly where I was doing a full-time job mm-hmm. with, I think it was two kids at the time, <laughs> um, with two kids, full-time job coming home and then, like having tea and then illustrating and stuff. And it was just getting a bit daft because I had two jobs essentially. So I was working for um, like Man City. I did more projects for Man City. I did, I was working with um, England rugby. I did a whole campaign for England rugby where they had huge, you know, 40 foot banners on the side of Twickenham. Wow. My illustrations and stuff and then program covers. And then Juventus got in touch. Um, I did a lot of work for Juventus. Um, just off the back of your work that they'd seen on social media it's constantly from work people see on social media so it's, ne- it's never i've never ever emailed a client direct and said oh work with me or sent a portfolio or like illustrators used to do where they go to a studio and say oh look at my stuff yeah I've never ever done any of that i've only ever posted stuff on instagram and twitter um and people have seen it and then i've got emails like that's incredible i've got a, I've got a whole monaco campaign doing every player through Instagram. The guy who um, does all the, the com stuff just saw some illustrations and went, we want the whole team doing. And that was, they did like, you know, when you go on a website um, and they have the players squad list and they'll have photos and stuff. Instead of photos, they had all the <laughs> illustrations that are done and stuff like that. And they did, they actually launched the players that they bought. They bought like five players and they launched them with banners with my illustrations of the players on and stuff. And it was just like, you just think to yourself, like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I can't so all of that thing kind of happens by a happy accident that you're getting your work out there and and more and more people follow you like you say and they just see it that's incredible it's it's I've I've thought about it a lot because I've been asked the question a lot is how do you get clients and things like happy accident is if you do good work and you put it out and people see it you'll get work and that's, you know, people say, how do you get clients? Well, you do good work and people see it and then you, you know, you get commissioned by it. Mm. Um, you know, it, it got to the point where I was doing two jobs. We were, had a third child on the way. And I said to my wife, I said, look, I'm, I'm going to quit my, my job, which was a really good job. You know, I was, I was, I was a design director there and okay. I was probably managing the biggest client, one of the biggest clients they had. And I was getting on really well with the client. I had a team, a, a team of people that I worked with um, and it was really good. And I loved where I worked. So it was a brilliant place, but I just had this other thing, this other thing that I loved doing mm. and I had to swap it. And it was honestly, I describe it like um, 
the day I left because they because they um, they asked me to wait on another three months, work for another three months. So, and it felt like the day I walked out of the office, it felt like I was getting off a speeding train. If you know what I mean, it felt like because <laughs> there was so much pressure all the time. Because it was like you know everything was my, um, responsibility on me. If something went wrong, you know some print job went wrong or some someone wasn't coming to work because they're real or anything. It was always the it was the pressure on me and other people. But if, I always felt all all this pressure. Yeah. And the day I walked out, it just felt like this. I'd got off this speeding train and I was just like at the station thinking, where can I go next? Sort of thing. I know it sounds really cheesy, but it honestly is what I felt like. It's all those moments there in life, aren't they? That's a huge decision. What did people mm. say to you when, when you told them, look, that's what you're going to do. You're going to leave this kind of well-paid, high-powered job to don't go and do something that I guess felt like a bit of a risk at the time. Um, it only felt like a risk because I've been somewhere 20 years. In truth, I didn't feel like it was a risk because I was earning an, enough money in the second job it sounds daft to to not worry about it and yeah. i had money i'd save money up as well so i didn't it, it wasn't a risk in terms of financial as such i mean it could be down the line you know even now you could stop getting work but the risk it wasn't that big a risk but no it was it was a big risk because i, I had shares in the company I had all these different things it was a big risk but i knew it was going something like so but as in family and advice from people I don't think anyone said oh yeah go and do it there was probably my best mate my best my best mate who's just a bit like go for it he went just go for it he said I'll I'll uh, I'll pay for you if you don't get it I'll pay you his wage and all this sort of stuff <laughs> he was like properly behind me but yeah but that's wow. a bit the way he is but um everyone needs a mate like that buddy hell. yeah but then it's really listen to that one mate isn't it but <laughs> I think I have um I have a relative that I went to see who I thought would be more knowledgeable about it and 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 i basically said to them i said oh i'm gonna uh, leave my job become an illustrator and they sort of said there's no money in illustration and i went all right okay and but i sort of knew there was so on the way home um from traveling back from with the family from where we were staying with them i got an email from uh, an agency uh, in london rose design and they basically emailed to say could i work on a campaign for one of their clients and it was like a massive job and I spent that time quitting. So I basically went in the next week and quit quit my job. Because right. um, I knew that would give me a year's, on top of what I'd saved. Yeah. So it'd give me a year's grace. So um, sorry, that's a really long-winded answer to a get rid of illustration, but... Um, that's great. I really like the kind of the speeding training analogy, for sure. What I wanted mm. to ask you as well, you know, would it be, is there a way to describe your style? How would you describe what you do? Or is that too reductive? Um, I think about this one a lot as well. I don't as such have a, a style, uh, although people say that they recognize my stuff straight away. Okay. I, I have, I try and do all sorts of different things. So you'll see on my website, I do everything from a simple cartoon made up of shapes to a, you know, watercolor painting type thing and stuff, or I'll do complex backgrounds or not complex. I, I do all sorts of things. And the reason um, is I, I think I get, um, I think I get, bored quite quickly of doing the same thing all the, all the time. And I know the illustrators that do the same style and they put the same workout and, and they develop and they, they, they do great from that. It's just not the way I am. I couldn't do that. Um, yeah. So my way of working is to, is to be thinking, oh, I could do this, this new way of doing it, or I could use key lines this week, or I could use transparent colors, or I could use um, on a black and white, or I could have an action shot, or I could have a portrait shot, or like in the past I've done things like stained glass windows and stuff like that. And right. I get inspired by little things that I see 
or color or or way of doing something or a poster or something like that and i think oh i could i could do something like that but do my twist on it and that's how i'm constantly working and that's probably why i'm busy quite a lot of the time so i'm not if i had one style would i only get work i would only get work in that style but because i have quite a few styles um you know i get i get work on on all, on all sorts of things so um it keeps it interesting for me sure i, I noticed mm. on your website like the kind of the execution of everything seems to be different so there's stuff that happens in print there's stuff that happens you know like yeah. kind of online social there's stuff that happens on tv and things like that as well so i guess you have to kind of learn new things as you go if you're working that way right kind of um i don't really do animation or anything so everything i do i, I supply to someone to animate so or apply supply stuff to print um but i've worked in the industry for 20 years so i understand a lot of the processes mm. um and at the end of the day I, in terms of style i don't think i have one style i think i'm just i think i create visually engaging content that people can use. So um, my way of thinking about it is to create things that would excite and interest clients to me and their clients from them. So if Arsenal like Arsenal will see something I've done and they'll say really like that style, can we use it? And then their fans will see that social media and interact with it so they know. And then when you've worked with Juventus, Man United, City, Chelsea. When those clubs, other clubs come to that, they know that you can deliver yeah. those things. Um, so it, it's kind of like, um, I, I describe myself as an illustrator, but it's it's content creation really. And it's, and it's kind of, I still haven't put a word on it yet, but it's kind of like, it's, it's content creation. Um, because it could be anything, you know, it could be anything that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, it's just in the form of illustration, but yeah. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. a few of those like huge clubs. Are there any that you kind of, you haven't worked with or any near misses or anything like that that you think in the future you would just love to do something for? Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite strange because I did a podcast interview um, uh, a few months ago, about four months ago, and, 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 uh, I was asked the question, who would your dream project be? And I said, oh, my dream project would be working with the the BBC right. on um, on the intros to a Euros or um, the World Cup. I honestly <laughs> <Nice> did. <way. laughs> and then literally, it was like a, a month or so later, I got the BBC intros to the Euros and stuff. So it was like, you know, whether it was coincidence or someone saw that or heard it, I don't know. But yeah, uh, yeah I got my dream job from that. So as in a club that I'd love to work with, um, you know, anyone would love to work with Barcelona or Real Madrid or something like that. But yeah. um, the one, the one that I've been trying, and like I said before, I've never emailed a client or tried to contact a client other than following people on social media or you know chatting to people online in terms of social media. Mm. The one club that I have actually sent stuff to, I've followed them on LinkedIn, formed conversations, said how much I really want to work with the club, and they just <laughs> don't want to work with me. Is Preston North End? Like, because it's literally down the road. It's like. It's like, you know, 20 minute drive from here. Right. Yeah, they're just not interested. Oh, <laughs> I'm always away from Preston North End. Well, you're too big now. You're too big now. You can't, can't go down to... No, no, I, I like... I like <laughs> They've always been like that second team, if you understand what I mean, because around where we live, you were either a Liverpool fan or you're a United fan. Right. And like, um, and when I was really young, I was like a Liverpool fan. And then, because I was going to City games with my dad, 
and my dad and that, that side of the family were all big City fans. I ended up being a City fan. So like all these people saying like, you know, glory seeker and stuff. I was, I was going from Liverpool at a time that were winning everything to City who were winning nothing and literally went right, right down to second division and then came back up and then still didn't make it. And then nowadays, you know, but to call me a glory seeker is a bit much really when... been through it yeah. as many City fans. So mate, yeah. tell me a bit more about this BBC project then. So your illustrations were used in their opening credits for the Euros, just gone. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, um, I just got um, an email from uh, a production company, Chief, um, I think Chief Productions they're called in Manchester, and they'd won the pitch with the BBC to create the Euros intro. And I didn't even know it was that when they emailed me. They just said they got a project that um, they think I'd be interested in uh, doing a chat about it. And they rang up and, and we chatted about it. And then I, couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. At the end of the conversation, I said, do you know that this is like my dream project? And they went, no. <laughs> I was like, I was like, um, but uh, yeah, they just said, we, we, we're working on it. We've got a, a kind of a, a theme and a way that we're planning it. And they sent me like a mood, uh, like a PDF mood board of all images and styles that they, that they wanted to do. Yeah. And I said, well, which of my styles on my website would you like to use? And they just went all of them. And I was just like, what? And they went, they went we, want, we want to use this, 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 and this. Because um, we want to create a different kind of artistic mood for each one of the teams. Mm. So uh, England's kind of a watercolour line-based one. And then you've got like um, Wales is kind of a, uh, uh, sorry, um, Belgium's kind of a, a thick brush type uh, oil painting look. And then you've got like... Um, Holland is quite vectorish and, and uh, vector illustration, and Germany's quite harsh shapes, and Scotland's quite um, not cartoonish, but it's got more of a, a, a sort of a, a Roy the Rovers feel to it, different things like that. So, all the way through, and even the Polish, uh, there was like the um, I did Poland, Russia, and um, Turkey in a sort of a uh, like a an outline style, a bit like a stained glass window style, but it was like it was because they had these patterns running through it, it really worked well, and it was kind of like it's just dream stuff. I mean, it's really fast paced. I mean, we had to get it out really quick and, and get it approved. And, and then there was like players getting injured. And oh, right. um, so like you were, I was illustrating like three or four players and then they'd get injured or wouldn't get picked. And then suddenly you couldn't have them. So like people like Van Dyke and uh, people like Ramos and um, a couple of others who went out. So they were, uh, oh, um, and you had to start again. You had to pick another player and do them again. Oh, um, wow. So Zlatan, yeah, Zlatan was another one. But so, I mean, I've posted them since because I, they were some of the best illustrations I did. Right. Um, but then you had to replace them by players who, I'm not saying they weren't as well, well, they're not as well known, but they're still big players. Yeah. Um, but it would have been, a, it could have been a whole different visual look if you had Zlatan, Van Dijk and Ramos in there, you know. But um, but no, it was just a dream. And and, and the team, um, Yoni Weisberg, and, uh, who's a great illustrator himself, you've probably seen his work, and, and Ben McFarlane, who works there. And, they just had this vision of how it was going to look yeah. and they brought animators in and, and other um, illustrators to do some background elements and things like that. I and mean, I did all the player illustrations and then they've sort of pulled it all together with like, there's a bit where there's a dragon breathing fire and a train coming through. So they were done like 3D artists and stuff. So it was, all these things came together to just make this. And I remember just sitting there watching it when they sent it to me and I just thought, this is crazy. And But <laughs> it, it didn't hit home until it was played and then Gary Lineker came on screen. You know, the first that's in, that's show. In yeah and it was just like like i had my kids all in the room oh. with three kids in the room and they're like do we have to watch this do we have to watch the whole thing do we have to? i said you'll sit there you'll sit there this is my moment 
<laughs> this is my moment. This is winning the FA Cup and bringing your kids on the pitch. This is you in my living room watching this. Um, yeah, but they wanted to like, they were like, do we have to watch the whole thing? I was like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> this is why yeah. daddy's been grumpy for the last month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not seen me. So, I mean, those those films are like kind of events in themselves, aren't they? Like they preview them yeah. on the website because people are excited to see what the BBC yeah. and the ITV events are going to be, right? So that must be, you know, incredibly good for, you know, your business and getting your name out there as well, right? I, I imagine so. It, it's like all these things. It's um, it, it kind of, it's just kind of a slow ball sometimes. It's, sometimes it's like something's released and you don't hear anything about it, like all the clients. And then suddenly it'd be a few months later, a few weeks later, it just go like click, click, click. And then you've got clients going, oh, we want this, want this, want this in that style. Um, and it's, some of it's, you know, some of it's slow pace, some of it's quick pace. I mean, I did it, I can't talk about it because um, it's all under NDA and stuff like that. But I, I did I did some work in the summer. And um, the reason, that I, it, it, last summer, we were in lockdown anyway. And I'd added like a couple of weeks where everything had gone quiet. I think everyone went quiet for like two or three weeks during the start of lockdown. Yeah. And I literally thought to myself, I thought, oh my God, what if we don't get any more work? Or what if no one's interested in it anymore because of lockdown? I thought, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I, my, my little one uh, was two and she would sleep for two hours in the afternoon. So in those two hours, I'd jump on my computer and just try and do something new and different, something that people would see. Okay. And I did, and I did these illustrations that were really simple vector illustrations, and I just picked the biggest stars, vec- did them up quite like what I'd done. Mm. Um, I thought that looks quite cool, and I'd done it quicker than in two hours. Fired it onto to Twitter, and then literally my my uh, daughter, my eldest daughter, um, she's eleven. She was going, "There's something wrong with the iPad. It keeps pinging." And then my little lad was going, "Something keeps pinging." And I was like, "What's pinging?" And I was like, literally, like people were liking these posts and liking them, liking, them, liking, them, liking. Them. Yeah. And I'd only ever had, say at the most, I'd had, at the most, say 140 likes on a post on Twitter. Say, say it was that. It was not, if it was 300, so what? It's around that. Yeah. This was past 2000. This had gone like crazy. This is, I'd never had anything like it. And then I had people following me from Coca-Cola and from massive agencies. And also, you know, I was, I was having to go back at night mm. because as much as I got 2000 likes, which is great, Mm. I was having to go back through the people that were following me so that I could follow them back. Yeah, definitely. Or record who they were. Because if I missed them, I'd have been like, so I was going back through and I was going like, someone from Sachi and Sachi was following me and someone from Coca-Cola and someone from this club or that club or the other club. And people were putting comments on it. It was crazy. And and it just got crazy. And then then I said to my wife, I said, oh, it's blown up a bit, this. Yeah. As much as 2000 is blowing up, you know, compared to other people. Yeah. Um, and then I just got this email and this crazy job happened and it's still not released yet because of COVID, this crazy job that I worked on has not been released. Right. And I just want to tell the world, but I can't because it's just, it's, it's not like my dream job like the BBC, but it's a dream job just to go, I did this and but I can't say anything about it. But it's okay. just, but that was from literally like, like I said before about creating different things. I could stick to doing one style of illustration and carry on rattling things out in that. Yeah, I want to create something new, and I want to when I do something simple, I want to create something detailed. When I do something detailed, I want to create something simple. Yeah, yeah. And and some of them blow up, and some don't. Some never get used. Some some do, and yeah, that's kind of the way I work. But yeah. it sounds like it's all about kind of being brave, trying stuff, but also it's hard work as well. And, and things, you know, yeah. I mentioned happy accident earlier, kind of didn't mean it in a way that you don't work hard. Just like 
as long as you're putting good stuff out there, like you say, yeah. you're going to get noticed. It, it is, it is like you say, it's a bad thing that someone was looking on that day, but I think people are looking for content. So mm. you've just got to be connected to the right people or even the juniors, you know, it might be an agency where the director's in it, but it might be the juniors in it has taken it to the director or something. You know what I mean? It's people are after content and people are after stuff that's looking new and, um, and that's new stuff has got to be good. It's got to be eye-catching. It's got to be different. Um, I mean, I always tell the story. I've told this so many times, but I was I was working away. I was working on some projects, and I got this email from um, CNN, um, and they said, um, which is crazy because at the time I was a bit obsessed with watching CNN and MSNBC because it was all the Trump stuff, and I was a bit obsessed with it in terms of like not that I like I don't like Trump, but what I mean is. I found it really interesting, the whole thing. Yeah. So I was watching a lot of CNN and MSNBC. And they got in touch and said, um, we really, we've seen some of your work, which is stained glass windows. And they said, uh, designs, and we said, we've got this project coming up. Um, and it's, uh, we want Don, you to illustrate Donald Trump as a stained glass window um, for this piece on um, him, about him and religion and whether he actually is religious and all these different things, okay, and whether yeah. it's all fake and stuff. And um and I said, that is absolutely amazing. I'd love to work with CNN. I said, but how did you hear about me? And this guy says, I'm a massive soccer fan in America. And I'd seen some of your work online. I'd saved it in one of his, he's got like a folder on his computer, saved a lot of work. And he saved that. And they'd been talking about it in a meeting and said, oh, well, why don't we do it like a stained glass? And he'd gone, I know this guy. You know, Incredible. the most random thing in the world, isn't it? And I'm next thing I'm working with CNN and it's on the site. And it's a Donald, I don't know whether Donald Trump ever saw it. He might have done, but it's <laughs> crackers, isn't it? It's just crackers. I wonder if that was around the time when he when he they asked him if he if he liked the New Testament or the Old Testament and he couldn't read the book, could he? It might have been. It could have been. <laughs> I think he said he was a, a member of a certain church, and then CNN and that lot had gone to this church and sort of it was a whole story on, yeah, on yeah. whether he was basically just, well he was wasn't he? He was just blagging. He's not interested in the church and the Bible. It's just it's just to get votes in it. But um, yeah, it's just really interesting. And, and then. Even from that, if you look on my website, the project, this 3D company got in touch with me and had it made it. Um, they did a 3D version of it, like a. It looks like the real thing, um, like a stainless window, but they did it in 3D and wow. they asked if they could do it and, it and they mocked it all up just as so they could show their skills and then show my skills and stuff. It looks amazing yeah. what they've done. Um, That's incredible, mate. Well, look, we'll have to look out for this secret project then. I'm sure it'll be all over social when it does blow. <laughs> LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So, mate, that's great stuff. Should we, should we talk about your football show choices today? Yeah, yeah. The first question I ask everybody on the podcast is, what do football shirts mean to you? Ah, now, I know some people um, who collect them and have hundreds of shirts and know every shirt that's going. Yep. That might even be yourself. <laughs> um, I know. Um, but myself, I don't buy a lot of football shirts, but I appreciate football shirts. Right. My, I, when, I, when I do appreciate football shirts, I buy it. You know, I really do go out and get it. Um, and I've done that in the past. Um, but... I don't buy one every season. I don't. I, I, it's one of those things I can't part with sixty quid every season for something yeah. that looks like the last season's whatever. And, and I'm, it's just the way I am. But I do appreciate them. I do appreciate design. And I do. I used to. Um, a friend of mine used to live next door to. He, he uh, worked for uh, uh, Umbro, Nike. Now works for Reebok, doing that sort of stuff. And they, he used to show me his portfolio and stuff. And uh, he now lives in America. And, and I, I really appreciate the design side of that because it it's you know the, the things that they do and the materials they look at and the way that it's sewn and the way that the color works it's, mm. it's amazing what they do but yeah what it means to me is probably memories I, I think that's what it means to me rather than actual physical fashion that I would wear it's sure. memories um and it you know when you think back I was thinking but when you asked me what were three favorites was I just sort of sat down I was like oh Craig which ones do I really remember which ones resonate with me mm. And these three, for different reasons, do. Um, nice. Well, look, let's let's talk about your first one. So, this is the Liverpool eighty-nine to ninety-one away shirt by Adidas. It's the candy <laughs> silver one. Tell me more, mate. Yeah, it, it's it's at the time I wasn't a Liverpool fan, uh, which is going to be weird because you're going to be like, why? Well, when I was younger, I was a Liverpool fan, and um, it's because, like I said before, you either United or Liverpool. And I'd, my best mate was a Liverpool fan, so we were Liverpool fans. We even went to the uh, 1986 FA Cup final against Wimbledon and all that business. And, um, you know, and they were a massive team at the time. You know, you had, you know, you know when I supported them, it was Barnes and, and yeah, Beardsley and all these greats, you know. Yeah. Um, and they were fantastic to watch and they won everything. They won everything every year, didn't they? Um, but... I went when I became a City fan because I was going to main role with my dad and watching City and it just felt weird to support this Liverpool team when I was surrounded and all my family were City. So right. I just decided I was going to be a City fan and suck, suck it up. Yeah. Um, and um, But in terms of kits that I remember and I go, wow, that silver candy Liverpool kit, mm. I just remember seeing it at the time and just thought, I've never seen anything like that. Mm. And... The thing with the, the, the those kits in the eighties and stuff was, in terms because I've worked in design all my life in graphic design and stuff, 
they, they kept them quite simple in terms of the branding and stuff. So you had NEC on Everton, Candy on Liverpool, you had um, Crown Paint on Liverpool, didn't you? You had Brother on Man City and there was different things, but they were very clean and the kit did what it did, but yeah. they were quite iconic designs. And, and I always thought Candy was one of the most iconic to me in terms of a, a brand. And to, to have a silver kit, I mean, I never... I never, I don't know, I don't know, it's probably been hundreds, I don't know, but I'd never seen a silver kit. Yeah, it feels and I just thought, I just thought it was fantastic. And, and it had that red trim and and um, the Adidas stripes as well, because I'm, I'm a sucker for Adidas, I like Adidas, but I just thought everything about it. And it, But if I'm honest, I can only remember, and I might have got this completely wrong, them losing to Crystal Palace in like a semi-final, a quarter-final. Okay. Like it was a big game or something, the FA Cup or something like that. And that's the only game I can remember it being played in. Right. But I remember my, I think my mate had it because he was a big Liverpool fan. He had the kit. And I remember being really jealous that, you know, he had this cool kit and I didn't. Yeah. And and if you look at it now, it's you could you could release that kit and it would look cool today. Yeah. I, I think it would. I think it would look awesome. You know, the old Adidas badge, the, the, the red stripes. I think, you know, nowadays you wouldn't have the shorts as short as they were, but yeah. I think you could release that today and it would still be a cool kit, especially the branding and stuff. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I agree. Yeah, very nice, mate. So we'll move on then to your second choice. So as you say, you became a Manchester City fan. So this is Manchester City a bit later, 97, 99. It's the home shirt by Kappa. <laughs> one of the worst seasons ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the worst seasons as a City fan. But, but I, I might I might be wrong, but I think Umbro used to do all the shirts. Like I think Umbro worked with City for years. Yeah, yeah. And and they, I used to like the Umbro kits. You know, there was there was certain Umbro kits that are iconic in terms of the Nile Quins and the Juve Roslers and um, you know the iconic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was never anything that I went, oh yeah, that City kit's really cool. Um, that's really nice design. I've gone a bit back to that now, like City kits now, I'm not that, you know, last seasons with the the mosaic style. I mean, I was like, crikey, you know, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> the, the away kits are more exciting, but, and even this new home kit, I'm not a massive fan. It's fine, yeah. isn't it? But again, I'm, I'm not that, you know, so what? Yeah. And then, but at the time, they went to Kappa, who no one had Kappa from far as I know, no one had Kappa, and I didn't even know what Kappa was. I never right. knew, I didn't know what the logo was because the logo was like a, a naked man and woman sat back to back or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I found out it was like an, I think an Italian brand, isn't it? And they released this shirt. And like I said, I never buy shirts, but I went and got that one. I got the long sleeve because I thought it was the best thing since sliced, sliced bread. I have no, no idea where it is. I, I pray that I still have it, but I don't think I have. <laughs> and it was long sleeve. It had a thick collar because shirts weren't comfortable back then whether you can play yeah. I don't know how they play football in those shirts but no. and it had had the black trimmed on it with Kappa 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 logo all the way down and it was long sleeve so it was like more like a trendy shirt than a yeah, yeah. stuff I was probably worried at the time like um and then so what what year was that 80 no 97 99, this one yeah two seasons yeah so oh, and it was just but we played awful that season. I think we got relegated that season and stuff. Relegated, it was absolutely yeah. awesome. But I just loved the kit. I just absolutely <laughs> loved it. If you talk to, I bet if you talk to many city fans, city fans that that kit, I would say they probably go, yeah, it was a pretty cool kit. And yeah. the away shirt was really nice. So it was like a white. I was reminded of it recently on another podcast. It was like a white with blue top and a red 
uh, line on it. Yeah, yeah, Clara. And that was really nice as well. But it was just so different to everything I'd ever seen. You know, because everything was sky blue, a bit of a color of sky blue, a bit. And this was like a a slightly deeper blue. Yeah. Couple logos down the arm. You know, I can't remember when it was the start of when we started using the eagle eagle design and stuff like that on the badge and things like that. I don't know whether that was the start of it. Um, which no one could ever work out why we had all that stars and it was made up. And... <laughs> it was made up, completely made up. All of yeah, that. yeah, which is just random. Isn't it? Yeah, why? Why? Very odd. Yeah, um, but it was the whole thing, and then you had the simple brother logo, mm. and it was just, just, and I bought it. Like I, I don't even know how I bought it because I probably didn't have any money at the time, but I just loved it. I just thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, and yeah, and it, it a bit like when. Um, over recent years, City, City always used to have these different sponsors, uh, kit makers, sorry. And we never had the Adidas and we never had the Nike. Mm. And I always used to think, oh, we'd never be big enough to get those. And then obviously we went and won the league and all that. And then we got Nike. And I remember like ringing my dad up and going, we got Nike. And he was like, so what? I was like, but we got Nike. We're a Nike team now. We're up there with the big ones. We're a Nike, you know, Nike and now and stuff. <laughs> but, um, I just, it was just the brand, Kappa brand was just so cool. It's just like, it was just so different. And yeah, as, as well as the the sort of poor memories of that season and, and those seasons, um, we went on, I think, I think it was a Kappa kit for the playoff final. Yeah. And we went on the same one. I think, but it was the yellow and black stripe we played, yellow and dark blue stripe oh, yeah. we played in, in the final. Yeah. Uh, which is iconic. I wasn't a big fan of the kit, but it was iconic. Um, yeah. But I think they were Kappa as well. Yeah, um, so yeah. we did have some good moments and I think we had like um I think at the time we had King Cladsley wore the kit mm. um it was kind of the end of his city spell I think but he was like a you know hero and then I think we made like our biggest signing ever which was no one ever heard of Lee Bradbury I think his name was um and I remember thinking oh we're going to do great things now we've got this and he, I think he did nothing <laughs> I've never heard of him um, Lee Bradbury he was like the big well to a city fan he was touted as the big thing and then he he did nothing right um i think he was like our first it, not he wasn't he wouldn't have been our first one million pound signing but he was our first multi-million pound signing and everyone right. went i was young lad he's gonna do it and i don't think he did anything didn't quite well um no <laughs> it used to be like that was i think i think i remember we had something like four managers in that season or five managers wow. in that one season or something wow there was like clark couple joe royal joe royal and I think there was a couple of others that, yeah. So like five managers in the seat, it was an absolute joke. I mean, Coppola was an absolute joke. He only stayed a few weeks. Clark was just like, you know, if anyone was going to instill confidence, Clark was not the man to instill confidence. And, <laughs> but yeah, sorry, but that kit, I just, you know, if I was going to name my one kit, that would have been my one kit. Yeah. Um, well, it's not even a bad season on the pitch. You did it in style, I guess. Did it in Italian style. I like it. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. nice. Well, speaking of Italian style, your, your third choice, uh, that was an unintentional segue there. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've got Juventus. This is a Juventus home shirt by Adidas. It's from 20 yeah. to 17, this one. Yeah, this... Um, it's kind of contradiction myself because I think it's a beautiful kit, beautifully designed kit, and it's got a lot of memories for me for different reasons. But I actually bought it Okay. And it wasn't a great kit. <laughs> oh right. It was it was like as in as in the kit itself's nice, but the logo was um when you look at pictures of it online, it looks amazing. But when you actually buy it, it's like a, as if like a, there's a white thing that's been stuck on with the Jeep logo. 
So see. as much as the kit looks beautiful, the Jeep logo looks like it, the one I bought looked like it was a bit stuck on. I see. So okay. as much as I found it a beautiful kit, it was kind of like when I got it, I went, mm, it's a bit that lets it down, that bit of quality on the logo. Right. Okay. The actual shirt, the actual shirt design, and I imagine what the players were, is, is beautiful. But the reason I chose it is I, I was going through all sorts of kits and I had like, you know, Euro 96 kit, England kit, and all those sort of kits. And I was thinking, yeah, but I don't really, yeah, England kits, are, there are some great ones, but I, I just thought, well, what, what means something to me? Yeah. And I struggled with this one, but I thought, actually, when I was working on with these clubs and things, I worked with um, Juventus, you know, Juventus got in touch with me one day and or, or an agency got in touch that worked with Juventus and said, we want you to create illustrations of all the players. Um, and we want to create action shots of all the players in the stadium. And then they put them as posters up around Turin and stuff and around Italy. And they used them on their social media. And, and I, that was the moment I thought, you know, you sort of made it or, or you're good enough to be in this industry. No one can knock you anymore because you've worked with one of the greats, you know, so like Juventus was one of the, you know, I used to watch, you know, City weren't in the Champions League. Well, they were then probably, but like, I used to watch the Champions League, even though City weren't in it. Yeah. And I loved the Champions League. Um, and I love watching English clubs in the Champions League. I mean, people say, oh, you know, United this, United that, or Liverpool this. But I used to watch them all because I used to like English clubs doing well in Europe. Yeah, of course. And, um, but Juventus were always one of those big ones. Yeah. And when they come calling to have some work done, that was just like, I was just like, that's not some English club who's, I mean, that's, you know, the Italian giants as such, that's aren't massive. they? And um, and then they had that kit, and I just thought instead of like the usual black and white stripes, it had those th that thick black stripe down the middle with the thin pinstripes, and then the outside, and then the logo sit, sat so beautifully. And then when they win the league, don't they? They have the um, they call it Scudetto, Scudetto they, yeah, the shield, yeah. So they put the shield on the middle, so like Inter Milan have it this year only or whatever. Yeah. But Juventus had it that year, and it just with the pinstripe, it just looks. Yeah. amazing and then the jeep logo i just again i didn't like it when i got it but actually i thought it looked the p and the j the other side of the thick line and stuff i just kind of kind of liked the, the symmetry of it and yeah it's, I, I i mean you're an expert i'm not but i think it's a beautiful looking kit well mate you're the design expert it sounds like you've got a very kind of design <laughs> eye on these things talking about the lines the way they meet up for sure and it's yeah. a nice shirt mate it's a really nice story as well well, Dave, thanks so much for your time. It's really, really good to talk to you. Um, where can people find your work? Where can people follow you and stuff? Yeah, um, so my website is uh, daveflanagan.co.uk. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at daveflanagan. And on uh, Instagram, I'm at daveflanagan77, I think. Fantastic. Um, yeah, mostly those places, yeah. Lovely stuff, mate. Well, look, we look forward to seeing more work and thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for your time. Uh, yeah, it's been, been good. So there you have it. Massive thanks to Dave for sharing his football kit memories with me. Remember, you can follow me in my own collection on Instagram or get in touch via Twitter or email. Make sure you follow Dave on social, check out his work. The music you heard was produced by Eva Led. Check out his music on his Bandcamp. There's links to absolutely everything I mentioned in the notes section. And finally, thanks to you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, please do spread the word. Give me a follow on social and subscribe to Football Kit Memories on your podcast player of choice. And other than that, I'll catch you next time.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 